0: Man, if you know God is awesome, give him a good shout of praise this morning. Amen. (laughs) Man, I love being in a church that is excited about Jesus. And it's fun being a pastor here at TWBC. And it is our honor to, to be pastors with you and walk with you through this life. And we are so grateful for everything that you guys do for us as a church. And, and we're, we're so excited about what God has in store in the upcoming years for TWBC. And we're grateful that you can be a part of it with us. And so as you're turning in your Bible this morning to 2 Corinthians chapter number 4, verse number 13, 2 Corinthians chapter number 4. Verse 13 is where we're going to kick off this morning's message uh, today. And we're in a series right now called Stranger Things. Stranger Things, and we got this sermon or the series title from the Netflix series called Stranger Things, and it's a TV show where it's set in rural Indiana in the 1980s, where a group of young friends witness extraordinary forces, and they search for answers and unravel a a series of mysteries about what's going on in their city. And we got this Stranger Things series from that because we know there's some extraordinary stories in the Bible, also some crazy stories in the Bible, and we want to find what some of the those crazy stories are unwrap the mysteries of God that are in them and watch how God's supernatural power can work in your life and so we are in a series called stranger things and the title of this morning's message is more than a feeling more than a feeling is the title of this morning's message and so the couple things we want you to know about this series is number one you're not that weird amen that's a good thing to know, that you're not alone, and you are not that weird. Number two is, you're not the only one with your problem. Come on, that's, a good, that's some good news. You're not that weird, and you're not the only one with your problem. Meaning, if you hook up and get in group life here at TWBC, if you love group life, give God a hand clap of praise, amen. Come on, get into, get into a group find your place of belonging you're going to find people going through the same situations in life just like you are so you're not that weird you're not the only one with your problem and one thing we do got to realize there's a supernatural side to this life that God has for you and it's more real than the natural physical world that we're operating in so in the supernatural side of this life, God wants to show himself powerful to you. And we're going to read about that in 2 Corinthians chapter number 4, verse number 13. And I want to start out in verse 13. And we're going to read the first seven words of, this, uh, of verse 13. And then I'm going to stop for just a minute. Because the Bible says this, Since we have the same spirit of faith. So God has given you a spirit of faith that he wants you to walk in, that he wants you to operate by. And with this spirit of faith, he wants to do something in your life that's awesome. And so as I've titled this uh, message, More Than a Feeling, some of you have, think, uh, have thought of the, the 1976 rock hit from Boston, right? I got some people over here saying, yeah, we, we get it. Yeah, you, you know the song, More Than a Feeling. But the problem with this is, on More Than a Feeling, with, you, with your journey with Jesus, it's got to be more than a feeling. It's got to be faith. Your journey with Jesus has got to be about faith. And we have a common phrase that we use in modern Christianity today. And we always say this, I feel like God is saying. I feel like God is saying, and there's a great danger with this. I feel like God is saying because we're putting a vocabulary on a spirituality that Jesus would never have done. Jesus never put a vocabulary on a spirituality that would contradict the faith that we're supposed to be operating by. I never read once in the scripture where Jesus walked up to somebody and said, Marcus, I feel like God is saying something to you. Jesus never said that. Jesus knew when God spoke and knew when God was not speaking and was bold enough to say when he was speaking to the man who is lame and say, pick up your mat and walk. So we have a great danger in modern Christianity today because we're equating feeling with faith and many times feelings run very contrary to faith. Nobody ever said, I got a great feeling about facing Goliath today, amen? (laughs) No, it takes a spirit of faith and a spirit of courage to go out and face Goliath because everything within you is wanting to run back into the tent. And so when we go through this message, I want to establish as we begin to hear from God and see what God is saying, that is biblical, and see what he's saying, that we, that we actually hear and see what God is saying to a point where we don't have to worry about how it feels in the moment. And so as we go through this message, we're going to unravel a lot of these things. And so be careful about going on a feeling that never will amount to something. If you base your life and hearing from God on a feeling or what, uh, of what He's saying and not a faith in what He's doing, you're going to be very upset about the layovers that take place in your life. Yeah. Now, we know what a layover is. It's when you go on a flight. Beth, you fly every single week, so I know you know what a layover is, sister. And a lot of times when you fly from one destination to another, you don't get the direct flight. Justin, you got to take a layover. you got to stop off somewhere. And if we're not careful and we're always going by a feeling of what God's saying, rather of faith than what he's doing, we're going to curse the layovers when the layover has an important part to play on getting you to your destination. And so in this message, I want us to go through this morning and I want us to begin to live by faith, walk by faith, understand what faith is because the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It never says anything about feelings with your faith. And so when we say, I feel that God is saying something, I want us to get so bold as to get to the point where we know God is speaking and we're able to deliver a word for somebody in due season. And, and can, can I just can I go on, on a little soapbox box on this for just, just for a second? Because here's the danger of this. When you say, I believe, Richard, God is saying something, or I feel God's saying something, you're taking it as God is speaking. The person saying it doesn't know if it's God, they don't know if it's cold in the room, or they just had bad chicken the night before. Right? Let me give you an example. Since we are in the Hallmark season, right? How many Hallmark movies are there right now? It starts in July now, by the way. Did y'all know this? It's like it just got done and it started again. And in all the Hallmark movies, you know how they go. They, they all have this one single person and they're from the big city and they go to the country for some reason and they meet a significant so-and-so over hot chocolate. And, right? You know what I'm talking about. And they end up happily ever after. And, and so some of you watch Hallmark movies on Saturday and you walk into the church with a feeling of euphoria and romance on Sunday... And you make your way over to the wonderful cafe. Can we give our cafe a hand clap of praise? Amen. And you make your way over to the wonderful cafe where they serve you this delicious hot chocolate and you immediately are taken back to the night before. Where this wonderful couple meets in this country setting and we're out here in the country as a church. and Oh, it's so euphoric. And you see this wonderful God-fearing single person over there. And with this feeling of euphoria and romance in your heart, you go over there and you give them a word because it feels good. And you say, I feel that your person is right around the corner. See, you can't separate Hallmark from the Holy Ghost. You got a, you got a spirit of Hallmark on you. <laughs> And you go deliver a word to somebody, say, I feel God is saying when it has nothing to do with the Holy Ghost, it's all about Hallmark and your euphoric experience the night before and the hot chocolate you got in your hand. Right? So, so I know we can laugh about it, but to the single person over there waiting on that significant other from God, that's not laughable. And in fact, you've created unmet expectations now in their life that God never placed on them that now they're carrying and you've only set them up for disappointment. No longer in the body of Christ, and and I'm I'm just blatantly putting this out there worldwide, no longer in the body of Christ do we have the luxury of dabbling with people's emotions and feelings because we feel God is saying something. Christianity is taking enough of a bad rap as it is rather than us go out in the spirit of Hallmark to give a word that God never said. We must be so careful saying God said when he's speaking to you. And listen, God still speaks to you. But he wants to start speaking to you so clearly, Larry and Tammy, that you don't have a doubt in your mind if it was God or not. That you know that it's the voice of God and you're not confusing it with the voice of Hallmark. He wants you to know his voice so well. He wants to speak to you so clearly. So when he's got a word for Mike, I can just go up and deliver it and say, Mike, I believe God is going to bring a great breakthrough in your business in the year 2020. I believe it. I'm standing on it with you, and I'm going to see it come to pass because I'm not going to stop praying about it until it happens. Amen. And you can receive that. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm believing it. But that wasn't a thus say it to the Lord, okay? <laughs> That's a Joel prayer for Mike. But do you see the difference? of how we must begin to operate not out of fear but out of being so concise with who God is in our life and so in tune with who God is in our life that it's so much more than a feeling and we don't have to feel like God is saying something at all we know when he says it and we know when he doesn't and so as we go through the rest of this passage it says but since we have the same the same spirit of faith now jump on down to verse 16 So we do not lose heart. A word given from God in due season is for somebody so they won't lose heart in the season that they're in. Not for you to give them a great feeling, not for you to give them encouragement. If you want to give them encouragement, go encourage them. Say, hey, you're going to get through this. I believe it. I'm walking with you. We're standing together. We do group life together here at TWBC. You're not alone. (laughs) But don't put a thus saith the Lord on something that wasn't a thus sayeth the Lord. And so it says, so we do not lose heart. Though our outward self is wasting away, our inward self is being renewed day by day. Now, this is where Paul gets me. He gets me all the time with this. He says, for this light momentary affliction. I look at Paul's life and there's no such thing as light momentary affliction in Paul's life. His life was all about affliction. Before he got saved, he was the inflictor and he afflicted the Christians. After it, he was being afflicted for the sake of the gospel. And it's, not, it's like it never quit with the man. And so he says, as he's in jail and shipwrecked and getting bit by a snake in a little bit, as we're going to find out, and shakes the snake off and nothing bad happens to him. He says, this is light and momentary affliction. I'm getting there. I haven't arrived at that point yet. And he says, for this light momentary affliction, it's doing something. Everybody say, my layover is doing something. something. This light momentary affliction, it is preparing us. Now, we don't like the layover because it's prolonging us, getting us to our destination. But the Bible says that the light momentary affliction of your layover is preparing you for something. It is preparing us... Not even necessarily for something in the moment. It is preparing us for an eternal weight of the glory beyond all comparison. So in your light momentary affliction of your layover, there's a preparation on the inside of you that's getting you ready to carry the weight of the glory of God that's about to come on the outside of you. And if, we are, if we're not careful, we'll curse the layover and we'll miss the opportunity to step into his glory because we don't like the waiting and the preparation time. Jeff, what did you text me earlier? I don't have my phone on me. I have to leave it over there now. It's the, the greater the weight, the longer the wait. The greater the weight of the glory of God that he wants to rest on you, the longer the wait, W-A-I-T, to get into it. Because it's crafting, it's creating something on the inside of you. So this light momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison as we look not to the, and I'm going to put strange things, but strange isn't in there, okay? As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. So he's telling you to look for the unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal so the weight of the glory of God that he's preparing you in the momentary moment of affliction that you're going through that he says is light it's preparing you for an eternal glory that you can't see right now is what he's saying so as we jump into this morning's message that's a great intro by the way I love this intro As we jump into this morning's message, we have to be careful on what and how we begin to hear from God's because there's always a layover sometime when you're flying. And if you aren't careful, we'll miss the stops on the layover of this journey of life that Jesus is bringing us into. And as we're going through this message, I want us to find out why, why do we expect a layover when we travel, but we don't expect it on our journey with Jesus, Anytime you get on a plane, unless you just know it's a direct flight, you can expect a layover somewhere. Yeah. We always expect a layover when we travel, but we never expect a layover on our journey with Jesus. Our struggle is this, that our feelings want a reason when God wants to give us a revelation. Good. Yeah. Our feelings always want a reason for something. David and Lisa, y'all just built a house. You moved into it. You're finally getting settled in during the waiting process your feelings wanted a reason why isn't this getting done quicker right. <laughs> Jeremy and Crystal feel your pain they're still working on their house why isn't this done, getting done quicker your feelings want a reason maybe God wants to give you a revelation yeah. Yeah. Amen. and in this if we always base everything on a feeling and not on a revelation we're going to miss God almost every single time and the time we don't we just got lucky <laughs> So with this, what if God isn't worried so much about giving you a reason, but by faith he wants to give you a revelation? This morning I got a text during first service that my oldest son is running 101.5 fever and my family's not going to be at church. My feelings wanted a reason. God, why is this happening to my kid? But my faith by revelation says by the stripes of Jesus Christ, he's healed and made whole, nothing missing, nothing broken. So in the moment, I can either cry about a reason that I don't have or I can step into faith of a revelation that I need and begin to declare the word of God with the same spirit of faith that we just read about in verse, in, in verse 13. And so with this, our feelings want a reason, but God is trying to give us a revelation, but we got to listen. God does not communicate with your feelings. He communicates with your spirit. He communicates with your spirit. And many of us, Every time you get chill bumps doesn't mean the Holy Ghost is talking. It means the air conditioner turned on. Right? But some of you, every time you get a chill bump, you think angels are around and the Holy Ghost is speaking to you. And da, 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 da. But you're always going by feelings. I want you to get past having to have a feeling to know that God speaks. Remember when you first met your spouse and you would love to hear them speak because you get this feeling... Right? But 17 years later in the marriage, when me and my spouse talk, my wonderful, beautiful, awesome, amazing wife, when we talk, there's not always this feeling. We have adult conversations about real life issues. When you grow in your relationship with God, you should grow past to always have a good feeling when God talks. And you should know his voice when he does talk because he's looking for mature believers that he can give the keys to the kingdom of God to, not immature Christians that always need a feeling about when he's saying something. I'm not trying to be ugly, but we, have, we are living in a time and a day where the truth of the word of God matters. And I don't want to bring it any other way but straight truthful to you. So as we grow in Christ today, as we get past the feelings of what God is saying and actually hear what God is saying, we're going to find out there's more to your layover than you ever thought was possible. Yeah. And so I want to read you, uh, tell you about the crazier thing story that we're going to jump into in a, in a moment, and it's in Acts chapter 28, verses 1 through 6, and you can turn there now if you want to, because we'll jump in there in just a second. And as we finished up that last scripture, the Bible says, but the things that are unseen are eternal. And there's more to your layover than you ever imagined. Now, you got two things you can do with your layover. You can either live in your layover or lament about your layover. Either way, you're not getting to your destination quicker. Either way, the plane isn't going to take off any faster. Either way, he's not going to put the throttle down just for you to get you there faster than you want it to be. Because there are rules and regulations in place. And so in the midst of your layover, you can either live in it or you can lament about it. It doesn't matter, you're not gonna get there quicker. Yeah. I, I remember this one time, Mark, you'll appreciate this. I was going on a trip. Mark's an actual pilot, so he's he's gonna verify everything I'm saying here. I was going on a trip, Mark, and, and I had to take off from Dallas, but I was gonna end up after 10 days fly around the whole world. <laughs> yeah, he's like, You're crazy. Everybody else said the same thing. So we took off from Dallas. And I was going to the Philippines, and we got all the way around, and we had a layover in Seoul, Korea. And so I had a five-hour layover in Seoul, Korea, which is an amazing airport, by the way, if you ever get it. I mean, they have... It's like a big shopping mall with great restaurants. I love it. (laughs) Come on, it's good. But I had a five-hour layover, and so... After the five-hour layover, I got back on a plane and went to the Philippines. And I stayed there for three days and did mission work. And from the Philippines, I caught a flight to Shanghai, China, where the flight, incoming flight was four hours late. So my four-hour layover ended up being an eight-hour layover from Shanghai to London. By the time I landed in London, I had 30 minutes to making my connecting fr- flight down to Nigeria, Africa. And so I got there, and we were running through the airport. And we, I mean, this guy was awesome. And if you've ever been in London Heathrow Airport, nothing is simple. I mean, he was flagging down buses and getting me on trams, and we were, we were running. And we run right up to the gate, and they say, we're sorry. And I'm like, no, it still hasn't taken off. No, we closed the doors 30 minutes before takeoff and boarding, and, we're, and you can't get on the plane. It's already closed. I'm like, but the plane's still here. <laughs> and I had a choice to make in that moment. I could either live in the layover or lament about the layover. Either way, I wasn't getting on that plane. The lady in London that was standing outside the door, she had this great look on her face like, I don't care that you're late. It's not my fault. You should have got here on time. It doesn't matter that China Airways was late. It's not my problem. In her wonderful demeanor. And so in that moment, I could have lived in the layover or lamented about the layover. I wasn't getting on that plane. So I had to go to a hotel, and I slept for four hours and be back at the airport. Instead of going to Nigeria, I went from from, uh, London to France to Nigeria to do a four-hour drive up to Kaduna where I did a three-day conference. And the conference ended on the greatest day of the year every single year. It was May the 4th. That is my anniversary that's the greatest day of the year. Come on, somebody. Okay, y'all don't have to be happy about my anniversary, but you ought to think your anniversary is the greatest day of the year too. Amen. All the husbands say amen. Come on. <laughs> husbands, don't miss your opportunity to get brownie points. I mean, I'm telling you. And so it was May the 4th. But the good thing about being in Africa is as you're flying back around the time zones, it's like a long, long day. So it was like a 40-hour day when there's only 24 hours in a day. So I was in Africa And I got to call my wife and tell her happy anniversary. It wasn't her anniversary yet. She was still in America, but it was the fourth for me. It was the third for her. So I got to buy her a present on the continent of Africa and tell her happy anniversary. We had a layover in London, so I got to call her from Europe and buy her a present in London and tell her happy anniversary. Then I got on a flight and flew all the way to Chicago, and we landed about 9.30 at night, and I got to call her from Chicago and tell her happy anniversary. And I got on a plane in Chicago and made it all the way to Dallas at about 11.30 at night and saw my wife on our anniversary so I could either lament in all the layovers or live in all the layovers. And my wife was happy I decided to live and bring her home three presents instead of one. So it's all about your choice. You can either lament in the layover or you can live in the layover, but lamenting doesn't get it here any quicker. And listen, feelings are great for celebrating, but they're horrible decision makers. They're great for celebrating, but they're horrible decision makers. And in Acts chapter 26, 27, and 28, I want you to read all three chapters this week, Paul goes through a series of layover events in his life. In the end of chapter 26, the Bible says this, Paul, we have no reason for keeping you in prison, and we should let you go, but because you are a Roman citizen and made an appeal to Caesar, we have to keep you in prison and deliver you to Caesar. And I'm like, Paul... If you wouldn't have spoken, you would get out of jail free, play Monopoly, right? You could have got out, but because he spoke up and wanted to make an appeal to Caesar, he had to stay in prison under a centurion guard. That means he had 100 soldiers under him. So Paul is surrounded by 100 soldiers. Come on, that's an entourage. And then they put him on a boat to go to Rome. Little did they know when they were getting on the boat to go to Rome, they were going to go through a series of storms. The ship's going to run up on a reef, get shipwrecked. The ship's going to be completely destroyed. And they're going to wash up on a bank of an island called Malta. And they're going to start a fire. And when they start a fire, a snake's going to jump out of the fire and fasten itself to Paul's hand. And everybody's waiting on him to die. And he doesn't die. That's a layover. <laughs> So now everything that you're going through literally does look like light, momentary affliction, right? So let's pick up in Acts chapter 28, verses one through six. And this is where Paul is writing about this. And he says, after we were brought safely through, his definition of safely through and mine are completely different. (laughs) None of that was safely through, in my opinion. We learned that we were on an island called Malta. The native people showed us unusual kindness, for they kindled a fire and welcomed all of us because it had begun to rain and was cold. Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and put them on the fire and a viper, not just a snake, a viper came out because of the heat and fastened itself to his hand. <laughs> Am I the only one who freaks out when I read this story? Like I'm not a snake person, so a snake jumping out of a fire and latching out of my hand, I, went, I wouldn't have had Paul's response to write about this so calmly I would have like grabbed my hand ah! I don't know how it would have did I'm just not a snake person and so yeah dude I will freak out but, but Paul's like huh it fastened itself to my hand <laughs> nice now listen to what Paul goes on to do and it fastened itself to his hand when the native people saw the creature they don't even think that it's a creature now the story's growing right Any good man writing a story, it grows. It goes from a viper to a creature hanging from his hand. They said to one another, No doubt this man is a murderer. Though he has escaped the sea, justice has not allowed him to live. Doesn't that sound like church verbiage today? Oh, they're going through this horrible time. They must have some great sin in their life. Justice is getting them. Right? Now listen to the rest of the story. That sounds like a bunch of churches I've been to before. However... He shook off the creature into the fire that it came out of and suffered no harm. They were all waiting on him to swell up and suddenly die. <laughs> that, that's The humor in this, it gets me. Y'all are like, what's so funny? I love this story about Paul. They're waiting on him to swell up and die. But when they had waited a long time and saw no misfortune come to him, they changed their minds and said he was a god. Can I tell you, this story falls right into the category of stranger things. <laughs> and there's a mystery in here that God wants to unravel for your life. And so what happens when our feelings want a reason, but God wants to give us a revelation? Yeah. There are two things that happen when you're in situation. Malta represents a place. You must get a revelation of it because you'll never find a reason for it some of your situations in life, you must get a revelation of it because there is no reason for it. I don't understand why my mom had two battles with cancer, but praise God, she's a victorious overcomer today and she's living and serving on staff here at TWBC. There's no reason for it, but believe me, we sought God and found a revelation in the middle of it. But don't go looking for a reason for everything. In the moment, you must by faith step in and get a revelation of it. Some of you are in a place in your life of great pain and loss. Somebody went home to be with the Lord way before their time, and you're looking for a reason. Sometimes there is no reason, but I promise if you'll seek God on it, he'll give you a revelation of something in it where it can propel you with a purpose to see a kingdom come and his will be done because he promised I got to work all things together for good because you love me and you're called according to my purposes. So instead of always trying to justify your feelings with a reason for it, go by faith and get a revelation of it. Come on, that's worth writing down. And that's worth putting on your mirror. Because some of you are waking up tomorrow and going to a job that you literally hate, and you've looked for other jobs, and you can't find another job, and you're wondering why God still got you in this miserable job, and there's no reason for it, so you may as well tape that on your mirror so when you're getting dressed tomorrow, you can find a revelation of it. Because maybe your Malta is supposed to become your mission. Yeah, good. Maybe you're on a layover for a purpose. Some of you have unmet expectations. That you're wondering, God, why isn't this happening? Some of you, that marriage that started off so right, like the Hallmark movie, you're wondering how it's ending so wrong. You're in a place called Malta. You may never find a reason for it. You may never find where it went wrong. You just know it's wrong right now. But you can get a revelation in the middle of it. But if you're always going by faith or always going by feeling, you're going to want a reason. But if you start going by faith on a higher level, you'll start getting a revelation of what God not just can do, but what he's actually doing in the moment. And that's where we want to hear God in the moment that we're going through it. So when you're on the island of Malta where Paul was shipwrecked and a viper, a creature, latches onto his hand and he shakes it off. When you're on your Malta, your place of layover in your life, God will do two things. He'll either change your surroundings or he'll change your attitude. And a lot of times he changes your surrounding by changing your attitude. Come on. I should have got a lot better amen on that. The only people who amen that are the ones who heard it in first service and they didn't amen in first service, right? So all y'all stay for third service and give me a good amen, right? He'll change your surroundings or he'll change your attitude, but most of the time he changes your surroundings by changing your attitude. And when he can begin to do that you'll find yourself realizing it's not it's God if it's not more than a feeling you'll mourn on your Malta not realizing Malta is the actual mission of why you're here. A lot of you are crying about a job you don't like when your job is actually the ministry God's calling you to. And if the enemy can keep you distracted about your career and keep you mourning on your Malta, you'll never look at Malta as your mission and the spirit of God that he's wanting to bring revival into your workplace will never happen because you're over here crying on the beach in the rain and the cold instead of building the fire that God's calling you to build like Paul was. God is calling you to build a fire in your workplace. Not go burn it down tomorrow, (laughs) right? But he's calling you to bring the fire of God to your workplace. But some of you, you're shipwrecked on the beach of your endless career that you don't ever think you're gonna get out of, and you're crying over here in the rain and the cold when all you have to do is step into your mission on Malta and build the fire. And when you start building a fire on Malta, God can begin to work in the lives of the people around you. Could the answer to your prayer be a definition change? rather than an intervention change could, the answer, could God answer your prayer by a definition rather than an intervention because in our lives a lot of times we're always praying this Brandon You're all, we're always praying God will you please give me an intervention God come down somehow God I read how Elijah called down fire from heaven and it killed them all that's why you don't get that power you wouldn't have a job left. You would have done killed everybody. <laughs> so rather than an intervention, God gives you a new definition. Yeah. Because your Malta can either be a place of mourning or it can be a place of mission. Now listen to what Malta means. In Latin, Malta means refuge. In Greek, Malta means honey. What if your place of work is actually your sweet place of refuge, but you made it a bitter place to work at? see Malta means honey which is sweet Malta means refuge and if you're in a place called Malta God's bringing you to a sweet place of refuge but all you're doing is mourning about the Malta layover that you weren't expecting okay I'm gonna let that set in because some of y'all don't look really happy in the moment Malta means honey is sweet it's a place of refuge for you in your moment wherever you're at how you look at it is everything What if your layover is supposed to be that place of sweet refuge because you have been but because you've been swayed by your surroundings you're missing your mission because it doesn't feel just right because it's uncomfortable because I don't like the person in the cubicle next to me because I don't like my boss because I don't some of y'all must have job issues I never harped on jobs in the first service (laughs) staff I hope y'all love me right I just got to think maybe it's my no just kidding So with this, are you possibly making Malta, your sweet place of refuge, a bitter work environment that nobody likes to go to? And with this, I want to challenge you, if you'll start putting significance on the small things, you'll start receiving an impact for your efforts a lot quicker. If you'll start putting significance on the small things in your life, That God is actually doing in your life not what he's not doing on what he's actually doing in your life if you'll put significance on the small things you'll begin to receive an impact for your efforts a lot quicker if you'll begin to if you're paving a road that leads all the way to town and you got to do it one brick at a time if you'll put significance on every brick you'll find yourself making headway a lot quicker but if all is you're looking is at the final destination you're going to seem like you're never going to get there When you start putting significance on the small things, you'll start seeing an impact for your effort a lot quicker. Jesus, when he was going to the cross, a lot of us in our theology believe that Jesus was looking ahead to the cross. But the Bible doesn't say that. The Bible doesn't say Jesus was looking to the cross. The Bible in Hebrews chapter 12, verse number two says this, looking to Jesus, the writer of Hebrew writes, the founder and the perfecter of our faith, listen to what he says, who talking about Jesus for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. Jesus wasn't looking ahead to the cross. He was looking through the cross and seeing joy on the other side. Jesus was looking through the cross and seeing joy on the other side because what he saw on the other side of the cross was you and it was you and it was you and it was all of TWBC and the literal cross. He was looking through it and saw John and Mary and Mary and he was looking through the cross and the Bible says there was joy set before him, not a cross. For the joy set before him, I'm going to endure this cross, I'm going to endure this Malta, I'm going to endure this moment because there's a joy on the other side and when I get through the cross, I'll be able to see the harvest of righteousness that's been waiting all along see if Jesus would have went by a feeling he would have died on the cross and just stayed dead but he was going by faith in what God had said to him and so he didn't see the cross he saw the joy on the other side of it so that gave him the strength to endure it in your walk with Jesus this morning. I'm not sure what all you're going through and how bad of a situation that you're in. But if you'll quit looking at the situation and look through the situation to the joy on the other side of it, it'll give you strength to endure what you're going through in the moment. And some of you this morning need to realize this. Jesus didn't need a reason to go to the cross. He already had a revelation of you before he came to the earth. He didn't need a reason to go to the cross because he already had a revelation of you. He already had a revelation of you. He's sitting right there, sitting in that chair and receiving who he is. He didn't need a reason to go. He had a revelation of why he was going. And he didn't choose to look at the moment, he chose to look at the joy that was just beyond the moment. What is just beyond the moment that you're not seeing? Some of you this morning have never known this joy that I'm talking about because you've never received Jesus into your life. I want you to look beyond your moment, beyond your sin, and I want you to see Jesus Christ not dead on a cross, but the Bible says He was seated in the heavenly places where God has given Him the name that is above every other name. And at that name, the name of Jesus, He said, all men will come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ if they call on that name so if you've never made Jesus Lord of your life this morning you don't gotta give me your laundry list of sins you just gotta call on the name of Jesus who already knows them, who's already dealt with it and is waiting on you to receive the joy that was beyond the cross some of you this morning have realized that your perspective about Malta is everything that it's not a place of mourning but it's actually your place of mission but you need courage and strength to go back to that workplace tomorrow, to go back to that marriage this afternoon, to go back to that child that's not living right today. And I want you to go to one of any one of these prayer partners who are here, and they want to pray with you this morning. And if you want to take communion, we'll have uh, some people over here to lead you in communion. Line up between section one and two. But I, want, I don't want you to miss your opportunity this morning. And right now we're going to say, we love you online family. We're going to dismiss you. If you have any prayer requests, us, write us, call us. We want to pray with you about anything that you're going through. Thank you for joining us this morning. We love you. You're dismissed.